so you watched it. Oh yeah, I watched it. I had to stop what I was doing because it was so bad in every way. Yes, and so, so for the listeners, we're talking about the cult classic Gremlins, which I yes. watched, and I wanted to watch it because they already talked about it, right? So I figured, all right, right. I'll watch it. It's going to be one of these 80s movies, whatever. And I had a very similar reaction of, oh my God, I have to pay complete attention to this, but it was because I fucking loved it. I actually really enjoyed it, for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah. So it was so tropey. Yeah. It was like it, every single minute, Every single turn of the plot, every single action a character did, every single piece of clothing somebody wore uh-huh. was so tropey. It was like the movie that defines the the 80s movie comedy horror trope. Yeah, it you know was like I mean? yeah, it was like that entire genre, that entire time period in in one film, you know? Right. And those things were so like clearly just like a hand in a puppet, uh-huh. the gremlins. Uh-huh. Or like a like a, a marionette, you know? That oh my god, that movie. There's a there's the fat dad uh-huh. who's got a wife who's too attractive for him. Obviously, yes. He's got an old older older daughter and younger son. Mm-hmm. They live in like a two and a half story house mm-hmm. in suburbia. Mm-hmm. And he's like a traveling salesman slash inventor, which, by the way, the shit he invents is so fucking great. Mm-hmm. Whenever they would cut to the household, it was always the wife struggling to use whatever <laughs> shit invention I the know, right? his dad invented. And it was like a giant remote control to turn the lights on and off. Yeah. <laughs> and it was literally like it was a two-handed brick phone with like a three-foot yeah. uh, antenna on the end that she like picks up. She's She walks to the light, picks up the remote, steps back a few feet, extends this huge antenna <laughs> and then hits a button and nothing happens. Yeah. And then hits it again and nothing happens. It's so the, great. Yeah. And like, like it so encapsulates middle America. Like the juicer time, where like, know? it like works perfectly and it does like all this automatic, like orange juicing and then just explodes and gets <laughs> juice everywhere. Immediately. Yeah. It's so like it, oh, it works for like three seconds and then explodes. But yeah, I think what I, what uh, I really, yeah. What I really loved about that movie was actually all of the, set design mm-hmm. there there are people whose job it is to make that you know what i mean someone gets paid money dollars yeah to make a faulty fancy uh juicer dude that that movie must have been so fun to work on can you imagine working on that movie and oh that would have been so fun like the chinese dude's shop who you bought who they buy the gremlin from yeah like the entire store of racial stereotypes Right, yeah, it was a racial stereotype in a shop. Yeah, like the guy had long hair, he had a long pointy beard, he he had like one of those cigarettes that was like really long. You yeah, know? he had like the Manchu thing going stick. on. Yeah, 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 it was it was great. One blind eye. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was like every aspect of that movie was so. Oh my god, it was just all around. It was so, so good. I think I think what I liked most about it was the suspension of disbelief. Not that I had, but all the characters had. Oh, yeah. And you know how you watch a movie? Like, you watch a movie nowadays, and you think, like, nobody would really do that. And and kind of the further back you go, the more you feel like nobody uh-huh. would act like this. But that movie was a really special case. You know, like, this guy goes to this place in Chinatown, sees this creature that doesn't look or act like any animal he's ever seen before, and he goes... Hey, yeah. cool. And then the old guy says, oh, yeah, he's very special. You had to follow the rules of not feeding him or getting water and, like, all these mystical things. And the dad's like, okay, yeah, sure. And he buys it. 
from the kid. And then throughout yeah. the movie, everyone is reiterating these rules and saying, like, you have to, like, not do these things. And all the other characters say, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. And no one really stops to question, like, what species are these things? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone just sees it and goes, oh, that's really cute. No yeah, one, exactly. Nobody. Nobody sees anything wrong with that fucking creature, man. It's great. It's so I, crazy. I love Gremlins. I'm a total fan. I would suggest to even see Gremlins 2, which is different and special in its own way. And I, can, I can't even <laughs> describe that. So I can't wait for you to watch that and tell me what you think. I'm going to watch that tomorrow night, probably. I'm going I'm to prep that. I'm going to actually write. I'm going to make notes on that. I'm going yeah. to remember the hell out of that movie. Now, that, now you see why I wanted you to watch it so badly, right? It was so good. I'm, I want to watch Gremlins 1 again. It right? was so good. I feel like it, it actually was a very good movie in terms of the amount of things in it. <laughs> Yeah, it was jam-packed with, like, tropes and stereotypes and, and like, cliches. Yeah. Like, there was actually a lot developed in that movie. Like, the storyline, it it was not fantastic, but the production was good. It was directed pretty well, Mm -hmm, actually. mm -hmm. It hit most of the marks for a good movie. I I don't even know what else to say. Like, like, yeah, if you're listening (laughs) to this, like, I okay, let let me me try to, like, take it home with, with this, which is... I think the reason people talk about this movie so much and it's like in our pop culture is that it's one of those things you look back on and think, who got away with this? How did we allow this to actually exist? And it's almost amazing that it was allowed to be made and watched. Uh, I mean, it, it was just like it was wrong in the right ways. That's a good way to put it. But in, in every way, <laughs> in every single way. Anyway. This is Total Immersion. This is a podcast in which we immerse ourselves in subcultures and learn that we don't know anything about anything. I'm your host, Tom Craig. And I'm your also host, Rylan Sedeby. And this week we are talking about Civil War reenactment. So like, so like LARPers or like, no, no, no. These are like the cosplayers, right? These are like, yes. they go to Comic-Con dressed as like the, the Union soldiers, right? And the Confederate soldiers. Yeah, so, so yeah, well, why, why don't you tell me what you think Civil War reenactment entails? I mean, for real, I, for, a Civil War reenactment is the uh, attempt to accurately reenact what the Civil War was like, mm-hmm. down to the finest detail, as far as I know. And it serves as some form of theater. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, it's it's it's. I mean, well, it has to be scripted. We know the we know what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, no, but we know what happened, and so it serves as sort of like a historical theater, accurately representing what happened in a certain battle. Mm-hmm. They don't just do the battle; like they go further than that, right? Into mm-hmm. like almost like a period piece, yes. but in a play, yes. right? Yes. So, like in terms of like they'll talk in the right manner. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Like, they go all the way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, some do, some don't, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that's that's what I got. I, I'm... You are pretty much correct. This is the attempt to re- recreate appearances of a particular battle from the Civil War, mm. as you said. Right. The okay. people are referred to as reenactors or living historians. <laughs> that's, the, that's the title I would give myself if I was doing something like this as well. Like. Mm-hmm. So we're just like, yeah, they're they're the weirdos that reenact the his the, the Civil War, and they're like, no, we are living historians. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, you, you do something that someone did a long time ago and mm-hmm. probably died at the age of forty because they didn't know how to do things then. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm, so I'm a real estate agent, but on weekends, I'm a historian. I am a living, living historian. I like that because... As opposed to what, a dead historian? Yeah, I like that Who's because dead... aren't all historians living historians until they're dead? Right, and then they're just dead people because you can't be people. a dead historian. Do you lose your profession when you die? Are you just a dead person or are you still a dead historian? You know what? Being a historian is the one profession where you become part of your profession when you die. Whoa, you become part of what you study. Dude, that's cool. Right? I like that. Isn't that cool? I like that a lot, actually. The, the only cool thing I can do as a programmer is like upload all of my consciousness to an AI program that eventually takes over the world. But that's lame. Yeah, I mean, you, that's not like anyone can do that, you know? Any, yeah. any, any Joe Schmo in a Starbucks mm-hmm. with their laptop, with their MacBook, sorry, excuse me. Yes. Uh, can, can do that, you know? Like that's... You know, that's not cool because it's like easily accessible. You True. know what I mean? Yeah, there's an app for that. <laughs> there's an app for that. It's called IAI. Okay, so <laughs> reenactment started even before the original war ended, which is whoa. Weird. What? <laughs> yeah. How do you? I mean, do we reenact World War Two? Do we? We don't reenact anything in Iraq. I think we reenact some other wars, but not anything really recent compared to the Civil War. Do you think? Poland reenacts the wars? I bet not. I don't think so. I don't think other countries have like the same level of nostalgia attached to the Civil War that we do. Well, usually a war marks a point where a country was pretty wrong. True. And we decided to go back and say, hey guys, remember this wonderful time? Let's enjoy that together. Even during the war, we said, hey guys, remember like a month ago, even though this war is still going on, but like we had that whole Gettysburg thing. You want to like replay that, but not for real? Are you serious? They would reenact the war while the war is going on? Uh Uh-huh. That's so weird. It's very weird. Why would, what would drive people to do that? Uh, Can you imagine going to Iraq, losing your friends, and then coming home and see a bunch of living historians who are really just theater people mm-hmm. reenacting the battle that you just did, that you just had. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And watching fake people fake die for your real friends. Like, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. But I think it was it was like a real niche thing. Like, the way that we're thinking about it today, I don't think was really what was going on then. It wasn't until, like, the 50th anniversary that like modern reenactment started. So there was something called the Great Reunion of 1912, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the war. And at at this reunion, veterans from both sides of the war attended from 46 of the 48 states. It was super friendly. Everyone was super chill about it. They read the Gettysburg Address, all all that stuff. I like how two states abstained. I like how there's two states saying, you know what? I'm not really, I just don't feel like going to the party, you know? No, it'll be great. We get to remember how your leg was blown off. And remember that that time that, like, oh. the guy, like, gouged your eye out because you, you didn't want him to have slaves? It's great. Why don't you want to relive that? It's great. No, um, I'm just, you know, I'm tired. I have a headache. It's, like, Friday night. We had a long... Is the missing, is the missing eye part of the headache, or...? I mean, it's definitely, that that part always hurts, but this is like huh. an additional headache, you know? I definitely have like phantom eye syndrome. Well, I know that you, like every single night you're waking up with night terrors about the war, and I was hoping that you could come like share that with everybody else who was there. I don't know if that's going to help my night terror, but look, man, it's not about like my night terrors or my phantom limb syndrome. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. I'm just, I'm really tired. You know, I just don't, you know, 
North Carolina is going to be there. I don't really want to see North. You know, I don't get along with North Carolina. I don't want to go. Uh, no, I know you don't like North Carolinans, but you know, they, they love you. You know that, right? I know, but that's part of the problem. Like, uh, I don't always, I always, get, always I was, like this. Every time I want to relive a terrible moment of your life, you don't want to do it. I can't live with you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Just You should go without me, okay? Just, I want you to have a good time, okay? You know, just go fine. without me. Fine, fine. Call an Uber. Wheel, we'll just wheel away with my one hand that I have left on this wheelchair and go without you. Call, call ye oldie Uber and just, uh, just, <laughs> just go without me. You know, but just, just drink responsibly, okay? Yeah, whatever, whatever. So, so at this event, they read the Gettysburg Address. Now, pop quiz: Do you know what the Gettysburg Address is? Uh. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a hint. It was read by okay. a president. Do you know which one? Yeah. This was 19... Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Older. This is not 1912. This was, Lincoln? This was when it was originally done. So, yes, it was Lincoln. Oh, it was Lincoln, right. So, not in 1912, yes. but in, but in uh, quick maths, 1862. <laughs> yes. Nicely, Woo, nicely done. <laughs> uh, so, so, it was Lincoln who gave the Gettysburg Address. Yes. Do you know what it was about? Uh... By the way, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know any of this either. I had totally forgotten about it, and I had to look it up. Mm -hmm. The Gettysburg Address, for the listeners who might not know, because we do know because we're super smart, is the one that was read after the Battle of Gettysburg, which was really big in the Civil War, read by Lincoln. It's considered, like, one of the best speeches in American history. It's the one that begins four score and seven years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, okay, moving on. So, Four and seven years ago. Is that your Lincoln right? That's my That's my Lincoln accent. Mm -hmm. You want to hear mine? Four score and seven years ago. My hat is huge. <laughs> and I have wooden teeth. <laughs> that, was, that was Washington. Sure. Also, it's not actually true. Anyway. I believe I choose to believe it. Fake news. So, every, so everyone's getting together. They're hanging out. By the way, these were people who were in the war on opposite sides, and they right, all come yeah. back together and just hang out and be super. I was friendly. just about to ask. This is forty. This is forty-six of the forty-eight states. You know, uh, approximately cut in half by mm -hmm. the war, mm -hmm. and they're all just like hanging out. Yeah. So at night, an impromptu Union raid on the Confederate side of the Great Camp resulted in joint parades and campfires following the charge. So the people who were on the Union side just decided like, hey, you know, it'd be funny. Let's go pretend we're going to go kill all the Confederates like we did 50 years ago. And they did that. <laughs> and the Confederates were like, oh, you guys, you get me every time. Like, let's have a party. And they did some like campfires and like sang songs and shit. This is this is real. This this actually happened. This is real. That's fucking terrifying. Can you imagine being on the the Confederate side of that camp? That would be my ultimate fear. Is mm -hmm. what if this is the follow up? What if this yeah. is the ultimate end of the war? What if they've been planning this? What if this is Civil War two? This isn't even a war. What if they all came armed and we didn't yeah. <laughs> on the presumption that this would be a get drunk party uh -huh, uh -huh. and now they're gonna kill all of us to finalize the end of the war? That would be. That be, I would watch that movie. <laughs> I would totally watch that movie. Oh, yeah. What I'm really getting out of this is PTSD must just not have existed at this time because there's, how is everybody so cool with this? I don't know. It's remarkable that they're that cool with it. But PTSD definitely existed at that time. It never didn't exist. We just didn't I, know what it was. I mean, yeah, like I'm being facetious, right? Like I know it existed, but it's just hard to believe that it did 
when everyone is like, oh, what? Like, we're, we're really, we are going to relive our worst nightmares? Like, this is great. Let's party. I, I dream about this every night. I dream yeah. about the horrors and the gore. Let's do it for real. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> oh, God. Where did where did they meet? Do we know? Did they meet on a battlefield? Because that would have been. I think it was actually. Really? I think it was actually very close or at the original Gettysburg location. God. Can you imagine that? Dude, you imagine I can't. Being... I can't. I can't even imagine being in the war to begin with. I can't imagine that to be able to build on to imagine this. Imagine the worst thing that ever happened to you. Mm-hmm. And now imagine that at that time was simultaneously happening to thousands of people whom you called your brethren. Mm-hmm. And that terrible thing that happened to you killed quite a few of your good friends. Mm-hmm. And it was very gory. And then 50 years later, when you're not over it, I'm assuming, uh-huh. because it was so traumatic, you go back to that fucking land and meet with the same people that survived on the other side and right? on your side, and then go like, let's have some fun. Fuck no, that's crazy. I think, but, but I, I, yeah, also impressive, but also impressive that both sides could come together and do this, except right. those two states. Fuck those, those two states, man. 46 <laughs> out of 48 came together and the two yeah. fuckers couldn't like just take an Advil and suck it up and go for it. <laughs> you heard it, you heard it here, everybody. You don't need therapy. You don't need like a, any like reintegration, like digging into memories. Like you don't need anything like that. Just take a fucking Advil and. Suck it up. Just take an Advil, you know, just go say hi. Just go to the party, say hi for half an hour. Don't feel like you have to stay. Don't feel like you have to drink. Just, you know, avoid North Carolina. Don't get cornered. And <laughs> right. just go say hi. You know, just go make an appearance. I it's think you made, a, you made a good point earlier, though, about drinking. Like, I think there's no way that these people weren't wasted all the time. Oh, oh, yeah. They were probably totally wasted. Isn't, isn't this also like the prime time for moonshine? I don't even know. Is that an album? Is that a TV show? Like, I don't know what it is, but remember that for sure. So, so yes. So I, what I think is people get really into the, into the recreation of this, right? Yes, they do. Are there people that are like really into it? Like really, really into it? You know what I mean? Like, right. So like they get, they get fillings put in of, <laughs> <laughs> of lead. Yes. Cause so. they want to, they want to look as famished and lead poisoned as they <laughs> probably were at the time. Yes, yeah, so they get they get their legs amputated with no anesthetic. They yeah. do that live in front of the audience. Fuck it, we'll do it live. So today, <laughs> there are three categories of reenactors. Oh. And they're, they are basically range from the very, very serious to the kind of mainstream where most people lie to the kind of less effort where not very many people lie and they just don't put that much work in so you have your you have your farbs your mainstreams and your progressives farbs are the people who don't put a lot of effort in mainstream are like most people fall into that range and then progressive are hardcore total immersion type of people so farbs farbs sounds like one of the characters from the gremlins movie like he sounds like the (laughs) mildly douchebaggy guy who's like a little butch and he's like that he's a guy in high school who is like held back a year right Who's like a, a football guy? He's not the he's not the main like bully, but he's just like the bigger guy who's a little bit of a doofus. That's Farbs. I have a friend actually from college who whose name last name is Farbstein, and everybody called him Farb. Was he from the Breakfast Club? <laughs> yeah, he actually he was actually straight out of the Breakfast. Club. Or was was he was he in Back to the Future? Both of them. 
Oh, good for him. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that he got look, around. Man, you can you can retire off of that uh, after that that check. You know, uh-huh. you can retire on that. Uh-huh. So what? But Farbs are like the part-time reenactors. The yes. part-time historians. So they're like weekenders. So reenactors who okay. spend relatively little time or money achieving the authenticity with regard to uniforms, accessories, period behavior, etc. So these are the guys that are into it just enough to like buy a mildly accurate costume from the like group of people who makes all of them for that for like Tennessee or whatever. Right. right? I think I think they're about as into this as you and I are into antiquing. <laughs> I would not go that far. I'm not into <laughs> antiquing really at all. So don't okay. drag me down that rabbit hole. They're about as into it as you and I are in as into uh, uh um podcasting there, <laughs> no we're mainstream podcast are we podcasters. mainstream podcasters have we made it that far uh we're mainstream podcasters but the last thing we need to be able to write that on our business cards and our uh, resumes is mm-hmm. advertisers true so sponsor us no but so farbs are like like the people who go to comic-con but don't dress up and they don't mm-hmm. buy the whole weekend ticket. They just buy like the one day. Yeah, they go for one day, they go to Comic-Con and they wear, you know, like they they wear like the Walter White hat and sunglasses and that's it. Okay, cool. So you What's got the other one? So, yes, mainstream. These are reenactors who make an effort to appear authentic, but mm-hmm. they may come out of character in the absence of an audience. These are the people who get really into Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. When they go to the D&D night, they get into character. But the moment it's over mm-hmm. and they're, like, chilling afterwards, so they're driving home. Right. Or they're carpooling home, as I'm assuming they do. Then they're, like, out of character and they're just chilling, right? Yeah. But when it's, they're doing it, they're uh, into it. It's funny that your mind went to carpooling because when I read this, my mind went straight to shitting. <laughs> and I just imagine that the mainstream people are totally into character, but then when they have to go take a shit, they're like, oh, fuck. You know, and they go, like, use toilet paper and all that stuff. <laughs> which, is, which is to imply that there are people who, when they need to take a shit while they are doing this, don't use toilet paper because it didn't exist. Nor do they go to a bathroom they go behind the tree exactly exactly in front of the audience that's exactly what i thought when i read this so it's interesting that you just thought of carpooling (laughs) is that so is that what progressives do is that so the progressives these are hardcore like authentic people they're sometimes derisively called the stitch counters and that's because they, they make sure, like, whatever they're wearing, like, inside seams, outside seams, like, everything is made the way it would have been made then. Yeah. But if you're a mainstream guy, you have something that looks, like, pretty good from the outside. Fascinating. So maybe you have some Velcro, right? Or maybe you have, like, like something on the inside that didn't really exist or couldn't be done with the tools right. they, they had at the time. Or you just wear, like, an Under Armour undershirt. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah, you got, a, you got a T-shirt on underneath, right? You've got your MeUndies yeah, underwear <laughs> yeah. on, your, yeah. your Nike socks. Exactly. Under, everything. Please sponsor yeah, yeah. us. Yeah, exactly. Please, somebody, please. Mm-hmm. So the, the progressives will accurately sew all of their clothing, and uh, there's their shit counters or stitch counters? <laughs> yes. They are oh, stitch okay. counters. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering now, because because the height difference of people back then was people were generally shorter, like the average height was shorter, That's correct? true. I don't know if that's as far back as, like, the Civil War wasn't that long ago. Yeah, but people are pretty tall. But have people grown in stature in, like, a couple hundred years? 
I think the average has gone up since the Civil War. Absolutely. Really? Yeah, absolutely. If you think about how many nutrients we get nowadays and like how many hormones and shit are in our food now that weren't back then. Huh. Everybody back then was malnourished. Are you telling me that everybody in the Civil War was three feet tall? Is that what you're telling me? I'm telling you the war was fought by gremlins. Is that why Abraham Lincoln's hat, like hat is so tall? Yeah, it's a normal size hat. He's just so short and skinny that it looks huge on him. Oh, he's just got, like, huge noggin under there. He was a wrestler, wasn't he? Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. Well, he was a vampire slayer, right? Right. I I read that somewhere. But, I mean, before that, he was a wrestler, and and he was so good, Uh the the vampire slayer scouting agency came by and scouted Uh him and brought him into the vampire slaying industry. Mm, okay. But he, the reason he could slay vampires so easily is because of his shorter stature. He had a mm. low center of gravity. It's very important for driving a stake through a vampire's heart. True, true. You need that low leverage, you know? This makes, this all makes sense, yes. Um, so these are, so the progressives are the immersives, right? Like they want... So the progressives, they seek an immersive reenacting experience. They try to live as much mm. as possible as someone in the 1860s might have lived. This includes eating seasonally and regionally appropriate food, sewing inside seams and undergarments in a period-appropriate manner, and staying in character throughout an event. You know, while they're talking to people, while they're shitting, while they mm. are going to buy a, a seasonally and regionally appropriate hot dog for the time. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, we all know that the New York-style uh, street hot dog vendor came from the Civil War at the northern-southern border, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think, yes, the Civil War was was one of the first halal carts came out of the Civil yeah. War. Yeah. What would better say to your hunger mm-hmm. than a mildly warm, oddly juicy, but not satisfactorily juicy hot dog on mm-hmm. a stale bun with a huge dollop of ketchup and mustard to cover up the fact that it's a pretty garbage hot yeah. dog? Yeah, and like an off-brand Powerade, like not even Gatorade and not even Powerade, but like Power Charge or something like that. Power Charge, yeah. yeah. I think Power Charge, I think Power Charge was that thing from the 90s that was so caffeinated it was banned in America. Wasn't that Four Loco? No, that was Surge. Uh, so they're not drinking Surge because that's not accurate to the 1860s. They're drinking yes. probably River Water and Moonshine. Yes, they're drinking Moonshine. And not much else. And... Water that they have in a but think canteen. about it. If they're trying to eat accurately uh-huh. to the, the the seasonally and regionally appropriate food, uh-huh. think about when you go to a grocery store now. Think about all the fucking food that is available there. Oh yeah, just forget about four fifths of everything in the store. They're not available to you anymore. Not to mention all the packaging and how everything is in tiny pieces that are convenient. I'm just talking about just looking at the food product available, not... So you got your apples and some bananas. And beef and some bread. And yeah. not even bananas, probably. Like, you just yeah. have what's around you. Cheese, beef, bread, apples. Yeah, and maybe some nuts. Like, that. Yeah, maybe it. some nuts. So, unless you live near a cattle farm, or you kill your own donkey for some meat for or the year... Or live near a nut farm and kill your own nuts. You go nut hunting, or nutting, as we call it. We don't talk about nuts enough on this show, and, and don't get me started on the big nut industry. They're they're pulling all the strings. Big nut. <laughs> <laughs> um, my point about how people are shorter, I, I am dead certain that that's a fact. That oh, that were, yes, like, I forgot what we were actually shorter. talking about. Yes, people were easily shorter back then, even though it's only like 
under 200 years ago, right? Uh It was a different time to live because that was so much harder to go out into battle. Uh You had to walk hundreds of miles with the clothes on your back. You never took showers. Uh You couldn't fucking drink anything that you didn't bring with you. Uh God forbid you drink water out of a stream and something died in the stream up the up the stream uh, out of sight and now your whole squad is sick yeah probably literally to death Uh because if you get sick at this time you're dead pretty much hell yeah if you get a toothache all right well that's the end of johnny he got well you know what happened to johnny you know what happened to him he tripped he tripped once that's all it takes yeah but that's what they said back then, you know? Like, nowadays, it's like, oh, well, this person got pneumonia, but also their immune system was affected by this, and also they weren't in a place right. where they could get proper medical attention. Like, back then, it was like, dude, he tripped, and, like, a stick grazed his arm. Now he's dead. Yeah, not even, like, a full cut. It grazed his arm, but enough for, like, some dirt to get in his arm and get infected. And, well, he's dead now. Dude, Steven got a paper cut. He's he's a goner, man. <sighs> Shame. Yeah. Shame, shame, shame. As I like to call it, paper death. When I do get a paper cut, I, I do just want to die. Oh, it's Like the I worst. beg for death. It's the worst. Anyway, so the events that these people take place in. We've got our public demonstrations. These, these are like mock battles and maneuvers and that kind of stuff. There are scripted battles in which you know ahead of time who's going to win, like who's going to win, who's going to die, and who's going to live. So wait, the public demonstrations are... Not scripted? So some people, a different side? So yeah, I, well, yeah, I mean, like, there's a public demonstration which would just involve, like, a really small impromptu battle and, like, oh, I hit you with my sword and you fell down. They didn't have swords. What are you talking about? They had swords. Yeah, they didn't really use them in the in the Civil War. Absolutely, they did. People had rifles with bayonets and, like, the captains had pistols and swords on horseback. They did guaranteed. not have swords in the Civil War. They had swords! How do I know more about this? You looked it up. You're just talking out of your ass. They did not have swords not. in the Civil War. Come on. They did. Okay, well, this is going to be a follow-up for next next episode of our podcast. Anyway. Public demonstrations, it wasn't a scripted historical battle. It was more of like, this is what it would be like if a battle had yes. happened. It was yes, not yes, yes. specific to a single battle where a certain side we know won. Correct. And just like, these are some tactics they would use. This is how they would flank or walk at each other. And mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your scripted battles, which are right, like a right, little right. bit more, you know. Then you have something called a total immersion event. Yeah, buddy. I did not make that up. It is literally called the total immersion event. These are made up by like really progressive reenactors. Those are the hardcore people. Okay. Basically, there's a lot of time spent marching, eating, living like you would in the wartime. So it's not just about the battle. It's about everything that precedes it and follows it. It's like Burning Man, right? Like you go there and you are in that time for the duration of the experience. That's maybe a couple days. Maybe it's a week. I don't know. Mm. You know, you eat, you shit, you talk, you do whatever you do like they would in that time. That might include battling, whatever. If it's like Burning Man, you're dropping acid. You have that like powder paint shit, you know? So you're like, you're supposed to wear all whites. You can throw powder paint at each other. And and also like during the Civil War, they were always dropping acid. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, how do you think they managed to cope with all the PTSD that we talked about earlier? Right. They were tripping balls, man. Totally. It oh, was really yeah. the stoner war. <laughs> so the other thing I found was something called the 1920s Berlin Project. 
Okay. And this is a historical role-playing community in Second Life. Whoa! It's, me- it's meant to simulate the daily life of Berlin during the 1920s. So this is people who go to onto Second Life and then role-play uh-huh. inside the game. Or, sorry, inside the platform. Hey, there you go. It's yeah. a platform, not a game. Mm-hmm. But that's not a Civil War reenactment, though. This, this is all Civil War, but this was just something interesting I found, which was tangentially related. These are just other historical reenactors. Yes. yes. Living historians. Excuse me. Living Excuse historians. Me. Yes. Living historians. I'm so sorry. Please yeah. sponsor us. Living Historical Society <laughs> Society. Dot org. Uh, that's LHSS dot org forward slash tipcast. <laughs> Use code tip at checkout for 10% off your Yes. Life. By the way... TIP is a acronym that stands for Total Immersion Podcast. Ryan oh, and I yeah. have a lot of fun using the word TIP in various uh, forms and in various uh, situations. The TIP goes everywhere in our file management. The TIP yes. is everywhere. <laughs> we have the TIP all over our computers, but just the TIP. So yeah, these people love it, man. They're really into it. And and one thing I want to one thing I want to close with is is this something that we should actually be doing, right? And oh, this is okay. a really this is a really heated issue in America right now, right? There are people in the South who very recently we decided that it wasn't cool to have the Confederate flag anymore. Right. There are people in the South who really associate with the Confederates. And right. that's kind of part of this alt-right, like neo-Nazi thing that's kind of going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like with all the Nazism? All, all, all the shit that's going on. So so maybe this is something that we shouldn't be kind of glorifying, right? What, what do you think about that? So the, the classic thing here is uh, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it, right? Mm-hmm. So I maintain that education is the primary way to move forward as a society. And mm-hmm. if you go to Germany, it's illegal and you can be severely punished for denying the Holocaust Mm. because they know their government and the UN at the time forced them to make this law. But people higher up had the knowledge that if Germany was allowed to sort of forget and forgive themselves for the Holocaust, Mm -hmm. it was more likely to happen again. That is something they did. That country grouped together against other countrymen of theirs because they were slightly different in their culture mm-hmm. and mass murdered them. This is slightly different because it's not a straight-up Holocaust condensed into a few-year period. Mm-hmm. This is more of a long-form of that, long-form version, not simply marching them to their death, but basically working people who we took from their lives in their countries to come work on our farms and and be our slaves we did work them to death we lashed them we whipped them yeah so yeah and and so you're talking about the the slaves in america and that's what the whole civil war was about if you've actually been a student of american history in the last couple of years we kind of gloss over the fact that it was about slaves but it really was you have both sides arguing that it was about different things. It was about states' rights. It was about slaves. Now, they're both right. It was about states' rights. But to finish that sentence, it was about states' rights to own slaves. Yeah. We had things like sharecroppers. Everybody depended on slaves for their livelihood. In yeah. the North, they decided, no, black people and white people are all the same. Like, we shouldn't be treating these people different 
simply by the color of their skin, everybody should be free in America. Mm-hmm. And the Southern people are basically saying, like, this is how I make my money, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the whole Civil War was about. So anyway, what I'm trying to say here is to forget that these battles took place, to forget why these battles took place, to forget what happened during these battles, to forget that both sides fought vigorously and died horribly to Mm -hmm. defend each of their side's ideals and honor would be terrible to forget that that happened. So to answer your question, no, I don't think it's wrong to reenact this because you're reenacting something historical. You're remembering history, remembering why it happened. You're remembering the people who died for their sides, for their beliefs. I think, I think it's really important to not forget this. I think it's really important that we take a good hard look at remembering history the right way. And I think these historical reenactments and these live his, living, living historians, historians, I think it's really important what they're doing. And I've always commended people for partaking in these reenactments because, again, I... I've been to these battlefields. You've been to the battlefields? Oh, yeah. I've been to a bunch of these battlefields in Tennessee and whatnot. Neat. I didn't know that. Anyway, I think it's really important that they do this, and I, I totally support them. Uh, um, if, if, I were, if I were a rich man, I might actually sort of help, uh, you know, to donate to, to a cause of educating people uh, about what happened in our history. Mm-hmm including donating to these fine folk, these living historians. Totally. Uh, you can find their uh, Patreon page at patreon.com slash living historian society. Yeah. society. Um, so I, I want to hear what our listeners have to think about this, because this is a spicy topic ultimately of how much of history do we need to remember and what do we need to teach our children to pass along the right knowledge so they can make an accurate assessment of their future. Mm-hmm. You can do that by tweeting at us. I'm at Ryland Sedvi. And I am at the Tom Craig. And you can use the hashtag living historians. That's plural because there are multiple of them. True. I want to hear what you guys have to think. And if you have any suggestions about subcultures that you think we should talk about mm-hmm. and Tom should read about, <laughs> uh, you can send us those suggestions via email at totalimmersionpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find us on uh, your podcast subscription service of choice every mm-hmm. Wednesday, all the time, every week. We do it. <laughs> We're here. We don't, we can't, we literally can't make it any easier for you than actually coming to your home uh-huh. and hitting the subscribe button on your phone for you, which I will gladly do. Oh, I already do that. I mean, I just walk up to people at Starbucks, grab their phone, uh-huh. navigate really fa- And by the way, I've gotten really good at doing it really fast. You got to navigate. I've seen the- you like your thumbs are flying. Your thumbs are flying on the keyboard. I have the fastest thumbs in the West. And sometimes like they don't even have the podcast app downloaded so you like go to the app store and download it and like that i don't know how you do it but you make the download fast open it up and then you start typing the name of our podcast it's crazy fastest thumbs in the west baby yeah it would be really sweet if you could use you know like your thumb to Mm -hmm. tap that that fifth star on the scale of one to five that five star rating actually really helps us get noticed it gets it pushes the algorithm forward so we get our our podcast climbs the list you know it helps us get discovered when people search for things on on uh on Mm -hmm. itunes or stitcher Mm -hmm. or wherever uh so five star reviews would be super helpful and and you you could write a review yeah if you want to write a comment write whatever you want you can do a period you can say hi 
What was your What was your favorite movie of 2017? That's a good one. Yeah, because I want to know. Put that shit in the comments for your five-star rating, Mm -hmm. and uh, we will see you next week on Wednesday. Okay, bye. All right, bye.